and welcome back for another week of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mate, Phil, and our special guest, Miss Sarah Moon. Uh, unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's taking himself home down those country roads. Anyway, on with the show. How are you guys? Well, thank you, Mr. Drew. Very well. Um, kicking on. Sarah's... It's funny. I'm looking at Sarah and she's absolutely shitting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's about... Sarah, how are you? Oh, God. She's... I'm so nervous. But you know what's funny? You've been in the background on like two episodes yeah, no, now. Yeah, Yeah, now you're sitting here. Your face all... But it's Ooh. funny because we're just saying um, off, off her head how when Sophia was on the show, how nervous she was beforehand. And she was like, as you said, Drew... Asking all those questions about, oh, what do I do? How do I talk? How do I... And now, yeah. as I'm sure she's probably listening, hopefully, um, <laughs> she would just know that it's just, you just talk. Like, it's the same thing as, same thing as just a second ago, Sarah, and we we're trying to work out what the hell to say on this bloody show. Yeah, but now it's real. Now it's real. Now people are going to be listening, judging. Judging. Judging us. Don't worry. They just judge by the fact of how shit we are at this. Oh, that's And how the fact that, you know, we're... In that case, it's funny. Yeah. We're 76, this is the 76th episode, I think. It is. We're getting old. 76 episodes in and we're still just unprofessional as the first one we did. Oh, not quite. (laughs) True, not quite. I'd like to think we improved around episode 37. Yeah, 25 to 37, I think, is when the shift happened. Yeah, we we entered adolescence and now (laughs) we're in the teenage years, let's call them that. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Well, we're still only a year and a bit old. So, it's not bad. I, th- I think it's a fair effort for us. Mm, pretty good effort. On mm. this episode, now listeners, on this yes. episode, we have for you um, a couple of topics. One, Sarah Moon's got a story to tell us. Just uh, had a quite the ordeal of a day. And Sarah, the way when you when you talk about you, perfectly fine. Just talk as if you're talking to <laughs> Drew. That no one's listening to every single word you say. No. Um, <laughs> Fine. We're just gonna delete this bit. No, no, um, we don't. We don't delete bits. No, we don't delete anything. Oh God, it's a podcast. Now and then, pressure. It's fine. Um, we've also got the the story of a man who uh, who is being potentially charged because someone broke into his house and is a piece of crap. Um, not the guy. The guy that broke into his house is the piece of crap. Uh, mm. And then we've also got a little bit of a review, a spot of free, hopefully. I guess, review of Alita, what's it, Death something? Battle Angel. Battle Angel. I was going to say Death Angel. <laughs> Death but Angel. B- Battle Angel. Death Angel. And uh, your story of the cool 3D glasses. Indeed. Mm. So, Is that everything? I think, I think so. Yeah. We'll see. Obviously, the sick end of the week, but that may or may not tie into one of our topics. Um, we will see. Of course, there is a guest on the show, but I... I feel like. Do you remember if you've won one, won, won an award before? I hate to say it, but I've not listened to any podcasts. So I wouldn't. Say. No, don't say that. You meant to say, uh, not oh, too well, sure. Well, I can't remember because I've just There's... listened to so many of your podcasts. I there you go. Thank you. Aww. Uh, before we dive into the rest of it, we we do need to do one little thing very quickly. Um, I don't know if this person still listens to our show. Probably does, but. Um, We'd like to wish a very heartfelt, belated happy birthday to a Mr. James McPhee, who has guest appeared on our show a number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about you, but I certainly forgot to wish him for his birthday, and then I realized it may be better if we just wish him on the show. When was his birthday? The other day. 
Well, happy birthday for the other other day, James McPhee. Yes, happy birthday, champ. Um, we we miss you on the show. Um, yeah. we, <laughs> uh, we, we do. We'd love to have you back soon so that you can chastise Phil and he can get a few quips in back at you. Yeah, there's nothing quite like recording those episodes. No, there's not. Anyway, on with the show. <laughs> on with the show. Sarah Moon, tell Drew and all these other listeners all about your adventure today. <laughs> so traumatic what, ordeal. Yeah, traumatic ordeal. So um, the other day we went and got Sarah onto our insurance for the car. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I recall I this. I taped myself off for a leisurely day of retail therapy. It was a far from a leisurely day. I got pulled over by the police for doing absolutely nothing. And got spoken to like an absolute piece of shit. And um, yeah, it was highly traumatic. Sure you got pulled over by the police? I got pulled over. I don't mean driving for a week and I get pulled over for nothing, may I add. Absolutely nothing. To be um, fair, have you looked at that car? Yeah, but like, it's a <laughs> Just... nana car. It's a nana car. Yeah, like, I'm sure they were expecting some like ancient old lady to crawl out like that. So t- tell us, so where were you? You were driving along? I don't know where I was. I was driving somewhere. I was like five minutes away from Bondi Junction, my destination, which was the most annoying part. Like, you know, like if someone hadn't been driving slow in front of me, then maybe I just would have completely missed it. But no, there was an unmarked police car driving behind me for a good while, and then all of a sudden they just turned the sirens on, beeping at me, flashing at me, and it wanted me to pull over into the third lane where there wasn't nowhere to pull over, because I was in the middle lane, so I just kept driving, and then I was like, like imagining if like what if they thought this was like someone like full on police chase, like they just kept going, and I just kept going, and I was like, where where's the line? Where does it begin to be a police chase? Anyway, Jeez. I pulled over into a bus lane, bus stop. Oh yes. And um, okay, but to her credit though, there was construction happening, so she couldn't pull over safely, and there was also yeah, there was to effectively pull over. gridlock traffic. Like oh yeah, all the way along. So what she was meant to do? Pull into the left lane and just stop and block an entire lane of traffic. Exactly. No, that's not the legal thing. You're meant to find a safe place to stop and pull off the main road and stop. But that wasn't good enough for them. Yep. So driving yeah, so a, driving a Bondi Junction alone is an ordeal, so... It was horrific, and then just to shit on my day, it pulled me over. And what, like, did, what, did, what, what did they say? Like, nothing! Like, they came around, like, both sides of the car, like, like I was going to make a run for it or something. Like, little old me, like, hello... And then she asked my license. It was a female cop. Yeah, so we we know that, uh, as we know in this country, female cops. And here we go. I'm about to get pulled over by every female cop now. And anyone that listens to him, actually, sorry. I hope you do, just so you can experience like the true like brutality of her horrificness. I I have a friend who's a female cop. Is she suddenly a horrible person as soon as she has her cop uniform on? No, I haven't seen her in her cop uniform, so I don't know. But. Because it seems to be... Generally, a, she's a lovely person. Well, generally, female cops are horrible people, as in, in on well, duty. This one was horrible. I'm sure there are some lovely ones out there, but this one was far from it. Did like, they explain was, why they pulled you over? No, there was no explanation. Like, she asked my licence. Obviously, I handed her my British licence, which also yes. was not good enough. She asked for my New South Wales licence, which I do not need, because it's completely legal to have an English licence in an English-speaking country. Yep. And then she like grilled me on my visa, and then yeah, and then she gave me a load of shit about the way I pulled over. She was like, "In future reference, you just gotta keep driving until there's a safe spot." And I was like, "Oh, just like I did then." Like that's literally what she did. That's there was exactly construction. Exactly what I did. Like there was nothing else I could have done. Like technically, yep. I don't think I should have even been pulled over in a bus stop. Like what's the bus game? Like. 
And for, yeah. for them to be beeping and flashing the lights to get her to yeah, pull over. it was yet, traumatic. For, for them to be doing that and then come up to the window and say, for future reference, make sure you pull over in a safe spot. How about you not be such a horribly asshole kind of bitchy person and do that to someone then? Like, you can't do one thing and then say, oh, but make sure next time you do this. Well, how about you not just be so fucking horrified? Especially when that's what I did. Like, she literally told me to do what I just done and I still was not good enough. But anyway, and then she gave me the breathalyzer, which again was a horrific ordeal because I did not know what to do with it. She just <laughs> rammed it in my face and she was like, count to ten. I was like, but am I blowing or am I just count to ten? Am I count to ten as I blow? Or do I just... you know how... Like, I don't know what to do. And then she was like, can you count to ten? I was like, yeah, but I just... I don't know what you want me to do. You should have just started to cry. Oh, I was close. Like, honestly, like, well, I mean, they could tell I was like shitting myself. I could barely speak. I was like, (sighs) and she was just so mean. Because you know how half the time with those breathalyzers, you have to blow into it? Yeah. Like, that's what it is in England anyway. It's like this Mm. tube that you blow into. Yeah. And and I, and I know that they exist here as well. Those, those ones, you, they put the mouthpiece on and then you blow into it and you count to 10 in your head and you blow for 10 seconds. Yep. This chick to come over and say, hold this thing near Sarah's face and say, count to 10. It's like, yeah, what, do I blow into it and count to 10? Or do I... And so she asked that, and the fact that the cop just responded with, can you count to 10? How about you just get off your high horse and stop being such a pipsqueak little bitch and just be polite? Do you want respect or do you not want respect? Like, are they? is the aim not to, like, make sure that people respect you? Yeah, if like, you're just gonna be... that she hadn't even told me why she pulled me over. Yeah, and then she just she's took just... my license and fucked off back to a car. She was like, I won't keep you for long. And then she was sat in there for like what felt like 10 years. And then gave me back my license, gave me a lecture on how to appropriately pull over, and then sent me on my way. So I didn't even do anything. Like it was just a completely random what I find with, pull over. I find that, was, was she quite short? No, like, she just looked <laughs> like your average. Probably quite short for a female. I, I mean, like, because female cops tend to be really short, so therefore there's a lot of attitude there. I sat, sat down, so I didn't mm. really have a... Well, normally what happens, because I've not ever been pulled over myself, knock on wood, it's, well, it's not going to happen like tomorrow now. Um, but I find that what happens is that, you know, they pull you over, they come over to the window, um, alrighty, this is just a random breath test, um, do you have your license on you, on you there, buddy? Again, because they're normally men who are quite calm and relaxed. Anyway, you then yeah. present the license, go, alright, just uh, count, to ten for, um, uh, count to ten for me, and uh, again, doing that thing, not explaining it, but at least in a very polite sort of way, where you feel that you can ask the question. Um, count to ten for me. Alright, Maddie, thank you very much. And then they just go, on your way. And that's it. Yeah. That's not what I had, unfortunately. No, because you had a female cop. They have attitude issues. Yep. Oh, dear. Did you make it to Bondi Junction in one piece, though, aside from that? Just about. How'd you go finding your way into the car park? Oh, that was awful. Like, there's there's no system. And there's arrows everywhere. I'm like... And, like, there's no, like, clear sign on who's giving way to who. So people are just driving into each other. I'm like, I don't... Uh, and then I couldn't find the car once I returned to the car. I was like, this is... Ugh. Like, I even had to take a picture of where I parked the car just so I could find it again. And that was oh, no help. Grief. I wish I'd known you were going there today. I genuinely, I woke up and thought, I should go to Bondi Junction today. And I didn't wind up it. doing it. Uh, next time, I'll coordinate. We'll do it. Mm. Um, however, Drew, you weren't like this part. Oh Sarah, dear. What, what did you What did you oh, do dear. at, at uh, Bondi Junction? <laughs> I thought you were going to mention it. I went to see Mary Poppins and I walked out halfway into it. Not even halfway, I got like half an hour into the film and I walked straight out. Why? I just, oh, 
Well, I think after the obviously the whole police ordeal had just shit on my day. I was in no mood for it. Okay, singing fair. a fairy tale yeah, film. I, I, I yeah. think that's I think that's totally fair. Like uh, yeah. again, I'm laughing at the fact that she walked out of the movie, but I was also like embarrassed to walk out because I was like, now everybody knows I'm on my own, so I walked out on my own and I'm coming back. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It was really sad. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's totally fair. Like it, it's fine that you walked out because again, you you just. You know when you're just not in the mood to watch it. Like, have you ever done that, Drew? You just go and you're like, actually, what am I doing? Like, I've I've never I've never walked out of it. But like, I haven't just... I haven't walked out on a movie since either Green Lantern or The Tree of Life. One or the other. They're the only two I've ever walked out of. I wanted to walk out of the cinema during 2012, but I realized I'd paid my ticket, so I didn't want to waste my money. I was diving with that, and then and then I lost my ticket for the film, so I couldn't even get out the free parking. What? No. Oh, that was, that was uh, just my day. My day in a nutshell, really. Just. Oh man. Tragic. Fuck. Not not fun. <laughs> just... So she had a she had, she had a tough day, but I managed to go and take, get her macas earlier on, and uh, we'll have some ice cream cake after this. Yeah. Did you get the one dollar Sunday? No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Oh. We had double, double cheeseburger meal, so. That sounds good. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. Well, um, at least your day was redeemed. Yes. Very true. <laughs> and now she gets to be on this podcast. Yeah, of course. Day just getting better and better. This is the highlight of the day, really. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Um. Drew. Philip. Have you ever been pulled over? I've never been pulled over before. So, I seemed to have the luck of the luck of the Irish actually yeah I just, I just I did exceptionally well for I think nine years I never got pulled over once from when I started driving and then I was coming home one night from work and I saw the RBT and I just had a nagging feeling I was like no I bet this is the night they'll pull me over so I turned left uh, on the, the street before it and sure enough there were two cops sitting there waiting and they flicked the lights on sirens and pulled me over I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Thought I was going to dodge it. Instead, I intentionally... I probably would have kept my clean slate if I had driven past. Mm. Yes, the fact that you tried to dodge. Yeah, did, I, and I, I'd, I had never tried before. That was the one time. I do like that. I find that a good strategy, though, how they do... They park cars intentionally on the side streets before leading up to it because they know that people will try and dodge. Mm-hmm. But what if you lived on that street? Imagine that. It's like, I just pulled over to get to my house. My house is there. I can see it. And you pulled me over. I, yeah. I, I had my cover story ready because I had a friend that lives around the corner. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to my friend's house after work, you know, and would have happily just kept driving there. But no, they, they took my license, went back into the car for, yeah, what felt like 10 years. And it's I'm just the sitting worst. there. I'm just sitting there going, fuck, 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 fuck. Just come on hurry up and then eventually they came back they're like all right have a good night thank you Thanks, bye. bye and then and, oh, I, I got pulled into the into the rbt bay a few weeks back and it was the second time i've ever had an rbt or anything and yeah well, I, I thought it was going to happen for sarah on saturday oh no was i driving no i was driving yeah sarah was driving on no sunday sorry it was sunday yeah um, you're heading back from Aruba Beach and I thought that she was going to get pulled over because I saw this RBT up in this side car park 
Um, and they're flagging him all down. And then, no, we dodged it. We dodged by about four cars. We missed it. Maybe that's my like calm of thinking. I was like, ha, they were pulled yeah. over. <laughs> Suck on that, all you people getting pulled over. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, you know, it happens. That's fine. You look, you, you did it, you did it, you got through it. I know we'll see you for next time. Count not blow. Imagine if next time they're like, no, I said, you meant to blow into it. Oh God, I don't know this country. <laughs> but it, I, I, was, I was talking about, um, I, I mentioned to her earlier, like if she'd seen Highway Patrol, because... Highway Patrol plays in the UK, does it? Like it does. Yeah, on like the weird, obscure channel that nobody really watches. And you also have Border Security as well. (laughs) And Drew's dad's on Border Security. (laughs) That's crazy. Claim to fame. Yeah. Border Security's great. Again, it's shown in the UK. It's awesome. Um, Oh, don't don't tell him that. (laughs) I hope Fatherly hears this and knows that it's on in the UK. Um, Was he on the programme then? Yeah. He's, he's been. He's appeared he's like on a every. He's blown celebrity. Like. Yeah. He's appeared on every season of the show. That's crazy. Yeah. I look, those two shows are great. Whenever they're on TV, you can't help but like you be like channel surfing, and you can't help but just stop and just, just because you know someone's about to get their day ruined or someone's about to like get <laughs> completely stuffed up for doing something stupid, because they My- never keep the the good people on it. They always keep the bad people. Oh, it's, my favourite's always the the quarantine segment where it's always the little old Asian lady <laughs> and she's shit. she's fighting for her rights. She's going, no, no, it's just fish. I'm allowed to bring fish. And you see this ugly, massive fish, <laughs> eyes still on, and the camera needs to zoom on, in on the damn fish. And then they find something else that she's brought in excess of that's been confiscated. Otherwise, she pays a 400 and something dollar fine. But the they damn would. fish. What's crazy is how do they? How is it? Is it randomly picked? No, they risk assess and they. What, like, what's like, what's the the um, the criteria? I mean, you probably can't give that away, but what, like, what what is the? How do you know who to stop and who not to stop? What if I say what me? I've never been stopped, and all the times I've come through Sydney Gateway, I've declared nothing always and because i don't have mind you i haven't had anything to claim but you know i've never been stopped well they'd be able to check your passport history um they look they, for patterns really do they yeah but for like again the little old asian people oh for, for the they, oh, i think that's that's more a case of they're used to seeing it happen so much so they probably check for it a little more for, for every one that they catch there's i'm sure plenty that are making it through without being caught mm. they don't is get it, everyone is it racist here's an interesting one for you not no this isn't a fact-based conversation this is purely opinion yeah and i want to hear your opinion too sir moon is it racist to intentionally pick out the again asians or little old asian people coming through quarantine Customs. Not at all, because the flight is coming from their country. It's and and they'll target people from different flights, but but they they will look for people that you know they're not gonna they're not gonna target the white person on the flight from China, at least not not for a quarantine issue of food. They may target them for something else. But so they the white would person know. for drugs, the Asian person for the fish or the. And this sounds like a this sounds like a thing. woeful stereotype, but this is what I would assume would be their breakdown of it. it. It would be that right, that person is clearly not a local. Plus, again, passport history, so that person's not a local. 
So what are they doing? Why are they making so many frequent trips? Why are they staggered every fortnight? Are they coming and going for work, possibly? What is the nature of the work? This is where they'll start asking the questions. Or um, maybe it's someone of that ethnicity who's gone back there for three months and actually lives here and has brought a few foods from home that they can't access here. What about... so so? So you think it's down to more the fact that if they're a regular visitor rather than, say, you know, the little old Asian couple coming in to visit their their family here, they're not likely to be to raise any sort of alarm bells? They're likely to they're, they're likely to raise the alarm bell, but it might just be a slightly different alarm bell. Mm, sure. Sarah, do you think it's racist just to, to single out and go, oh, little old Asian couple, we're going to no, stop it's them? like, if it was... Say, like, English people, like, mm. if there was more of a common thing with English people bringing in fish, he wouldn't say it's racist for them to stop all the white people. Like, really? It's You're generalizing. It's, oh, yeah, I knew, but, like, rather risk that than... Mm. I'd rather be called a racist than letting loads of fish just going to ruin all the wildlife. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I'm playing devil's advocate to your answer, but I completely agree. Uh, again, um... It's, it's not necessarily... It, like, it's not about race, it's not about gender, it's not about age or, or well, any I, of that. It's I personally think it's a little bit down to race because it because it is... You know the ones... You know that the old bog couple are going to be the ones that bullshit and pretend like they have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. You know the Asian couple are going to pretend like they don't speak a word of English or they didn't know that they weren't allowed to do it. you like... Again, I've seen border security. <laughs> I know what this, it looks like. This... <laughs> There's a difference between stereotyping and seeing a, a pattern, a track record of of this happening frequently. Like, it, it, I think sheer dint of it happening so many times over so many years across so many countries, everyone there would know the basics of what to look for, and then they start <clears throat> digging into, you know, the body language, the way they say things, how they say it, what they say, things like that. But yes, you've you've seen border security, yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they do touch on that a little bit when 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 they do the one on ones with um, with the quarantine officers or the customs officers. You get a little bit of that. Do they? I don't know if you know if they're hiring staff. Do they ask for people that haven't seen the show just to make sure they're not <laughs> going to be biased? <laughs> it no, it has the the show doesn't even enter into it. The show, the show is a production from Channel Seven that that comes and films with the cooperation of Australian Border Force. So it, it doesn't enter into the hiring process in any way. Okay. I, I love I that think, idea, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. You just, you know, you get biased or not. You know, you can be like, oh, no, have you seen Border Security? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, okay, that that's it. Now, you're going to, we know exactly who you're going to be going for. You've seen too many of episodes of it, of those flights coming in from Shanghai. And, oh, you've seen too many episodes of the flights coming in from Italy and, Oh god, no! That's quite from Athens. Do you know? I I um I was at work one day in the um in the the co-worker area out the back, and there were a number of co-workers on a break, and it was on the TV, and this one co-worker who I I don't think I've I've ever really spoken to before works in another part of the store. Um, she starts going ranting, going, "Oh, it's all staged. None of this is real." Idiot. And I, I, I looked at her, I was like, what do you mean? Oh, none of this is real. They're, they're, they're just paid to do this. They're paid to say that. They're, this isn't actually what happens. I, I said, okay, um, going to stop you right there. Uh, 
uh, kind of know a little bit more about this than you do and happy to explain why. And she just would not take a word of what I'm saying and then told me that I was lying as well. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, well, that sort of person deserves some some respect. Some people can't be told, but I promise you, all of you out there, what you're seeing on border security is very real. Do they get paid for it, though? Like, do they get paid to be on the show? No, no. And that's the question I hear the most. Um, no, they don't. What's again, that? again, it's with the cooperation of, of Australian border force. So, <laughs> there's... It, it's... I mean, it's a bit like, uh, you know, for example, in Practical Jokers, after you've, you've appeared on the show... After your bit's been done, they run after you and say, hey, 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 that guy you're talking to was on a TV show. We're just filming it for a TV show. Can we have your permission to sign the form? That mm. kind of thing. Um, judge, but no one gets paid for that either. But Judge Judy, for example, you get paid to be in the audience. You, you don't get paid to be on the show. You get paid to be in the audience. And that's why I'm, that's my goal in life is that's my dream job is to be Judge, judge Judy <laughs> audience member. Because you get paid, you get a free Twinkie as well. And a bottle of water. Yeah, and a bottle of water. Uh, And that's your day. You you sit there and watch Judge Judy cases all day. I know, I want to. You have to contact the producers because they don't, we wouldn't get paid for it because we're not American residents whose job is to be extras. That's a job. You get paid to, I mean, I know it's a job. It's a job in the UK. There's the TV show with Ricky Gervais extras. So good. But yeah, it's really good. But yeah, you, you, your job is to go on TV shows like that and be in the audience, the studio audience. That's can, your you, can you imagine? It would just be a dream. Oh, you get paid absolutely nothing, but if your entire life is sitting there <laughs> oh, in Judge Judy, I don't care. I could sleep in a tent outside, out in front of the studio, have one night clean-pressed suit, and that's it. <laughs> I'd love to be in the... I would also love to do the audience for the People's Court. It's the other ding, one that's entertaining. Oh. Yeah, no, I... I it, yeah, look, I... I, I went on and I tried to find, you know, Whirlpool forums? Yep. Yeah, I went in and, like, looked up a Whirlpool forums article on, or, or like, thread on, on being in the studio, studio audience of Judge Judy. And, yeah, so these people wanted to be on the show. They emailed the producers. The producers set it up. And, basically, if you want to be on it, then you end up sitting in the back row with the producers and just watch it from there while the studio audience, the, the planned audience, sit there and, and listen in. But you Judge need Judy's to do real. it. I know, I know. We need to. I, I, I I don't know if we're going to be there while it's on, but uh, yeah, we'll see. This is so cool. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it'd be fantastic to be on there. Apparently, she walks in wearing like joggers and like jeans on, and just has her like black oh, thingy court thing over the top of it. She would. She's mm. so. And cool. she also picks people in you, and she goes, "No, nah, I don't like you. Move, you move. I want you there instead." <laughs> like that. Well, she she has full creative control now, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. No, she sold it. She sold the rights to it to ABC. What? Oh, yeah. why? Oh, so CBS, CBS, not ABC. Yeah, she just recently sold the entire back catalogue too. But she made Damn. so much money off it. Again, she was the richest paid person on, in television last year again. And she just and went through a divorce. And she went through a divorce, yeah, Judge Judy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's phenomenal. That, that, that Why don't we start Australian Judge Judy? I really want to. There is, there is kind of one. It's got a radio shop jock on it. It's kind of shit out. No, you you got to go full Aussie. Judge Joey. Judge. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, I, I would love to be Judge Judy in Australia, but I'm just not... I don't think I'm good enough to be Judge Judy in Australia. Dream big. Dream big. Go big. You wouldn't You wouldn't be able to use some of your usual catchphrases anymore. What, like outrageous and baloney? <laughs> I, I mean more like the, the things you scream at other drivers. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. Sarah, do you now kind of understand a little bit more why I'm at that point? Because I'm getting just more and more deranged by these feelings. Like say, like, say some of the stuff that I think, like, you'd lose listeners if I... Don't say it. Share the things that you oh, yeah. with other people. Don't say it. Don't say it. Um, you're, you're, you're getting to the point of Cruella de Vil when she goes mad at the end, driving that car down the road. Oh, and like flies the car through the tree and I just treads it. Yep. yep. Like, as I said, I just feel like Australian drivers are selfish. Like when they're on the road, they only care about where they're going, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's yeah. it. It's every man for themselves and it pisses me off. Like, we're driving consideration. Through, we're driving through Lane Cove the other day, uh, last, oh, the other night. I can't remember what. Yeah, it was last night. And, yeah, someone was doing 20 in a 50 zone. Yep. Like, come on, move. Yep. Just get pulled over. For no reason. Yep. Yeah, there was no reason. They weren't looking for parking either. Maybe if they were doing that, sure. But even then, there's no excuse. But no. I'm like, find it in your own time. Yeah. It's, it's just Sydney drivers. It I really... I understand it. We are just awful. Mm. I, I, I say the collective we, but, yeah... It, I just feel like because I'm not a P-plate so I give P-plate as shit. Like, I feel like I have the authority to feel like you're all shit. Mm. Just because I don't have some. Am I okay? I don't know, maybe <laughs> I was in another car, I'd be like, ugh. No, that? but I'm trying to keep to the speed limit. Everyone else around me is trying to keep not to the speed limit. Yeah. In fact, be way I off I feel like it. you have, like, not an issue with speeding, it's the complete other way that like, everyone goes too fucking slow. It's like... Like no yeah. one seems to speed. Everyone I don't understand how so speeding slow. can be a thing in this country because I don't understand how at any point you can't be stuck right up someone else's ass because they're going so bloody slow. You don't, yeah, you, you don't need to be going slow. You don't need to be speeding. You just need to stick to the speed limit. Something, there, there's just this rejection of authority where all the Sydney drivers just go, well, fuck you, I'm not going to do mm. 60, I'm going to do 50, or I'm going to do 80. Hmm. But how, yeah, heaven, not, for, not, heaven forbid not, they do 60. Yeah, it's very painful. Very painful. Oh. Um, yeah, so that was that. Speaking of, I guess, law enforcement, etc., blah, 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 blah. Um, I've got an interesting article, one that to, that Drew, you and I mentioned the other day or spoke about the other day, not on the show, but... Um, yeah. Look, I don't know if he's going to get fined for it, but basically this is a story about um, a man that was killed in a home invasion... Who happened to be an elite weightlifting competitor? So suck on that. You clearly shit at your job if you can get killed in a home invasion because, as in, be the invader and get killed. You stupid sack of crap. Um. <laughs> anyway, a city man who died in a suspected home invasion on Sunday has been identified as an international weightlifting competitor, further deepening the mystery of how he ended up dying in a stranger's lounge room. Um, police. Dete- or Detective Chief Inspector Shane Woolbank of Camden Police said, we really don't know what the cause of death is. We're not even confident he was there to commit a crime. That's a ridiculous statement by the police when considering... He the already fact this committed p- the crime. Yeah, we don't think he was there to commit a crime. So you don't think he was... Again, here we go. Next paragraph. Bradley Soper, a 35-year-old personal trainer, was confronted by a homeowner, 44-year-old Johan Schwartz, who found Soper behind a couch in his living room um, at 7.30am on Sunday morning. Um, so he's in the process of committing a crime. So what do you mean, Detective Chief Inspector Shane Woolbank, that you're not even confident that he was there to commit a crime? He was doing the crime. Like... It's ridiculous. That doesn't make sense to me. Anyway, 
Um, this is this article is from the Australian. Um, anyway, the Daily Telegraph reports that Mr. Schwartz detained him using a chokehold. Yes, a man who is a personal trainer and international weightlifter who is put in a chokehold. Uh, police say the two men grappled briefly before Mr. Soper collapsed and died for... But again, he, to me, he was in a home invasion, so therefore he's absolutely okay. If he could speak now, he would be completely okay with the fact that he got killed because he broke into someone else's house and was killed in being in someone else's house. Yeah, I thought they tried to revive him. I don't think that reason, like, intentionally murdered him. No. Like, how would you react if somebody... Like seven thirty AM on a Sunday. Mm. Like someone being in your lounge room. Someone yeah. like of that kind of build being in your lounge room as well will terrify exactly. you. Um, friends of Mr. Soper were shocked by the news he had died. Telling the Daily Telegraph yesterday his behaviour was uh, it's telling Daily Telegraph yesterday his behaviour was completely out of character. Right. Mr. Schwartz, a business analyst, told police he was awoken by dogs barking to find a muscular looking man with tattoos meters from where his wife and baby slept. He was questioned by Norellan police for more than 10 hours on Sunday before he was released pending further inquiries. Well, I think you'll find that if this person was in his house, why do you need to ask, why does he need to be there for more than 10 hours? Seriously, it should be, was this man in your house invited? No. It was 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday morning. I just woke up because I heard the dogs barking. Oh, so the man was in your house. Yeah. So this man was in your house without your permission. Correct. And he died. Yes. How did he die? I put him in a chokehold and he died. Okay, but he had broken into your house. Okay, fine. Bye. It's ridiculous. I, I've, I've, got, I've got an article here from the Sydney Morning Herald. Mm-hmm. Detectives from the state's homicide squad have advised again, against charging Harrington Park man Francois Schwartz following the death of suspected home invader. What do you mean suspected? If he was not invited in the house, he is... Not suspected. He is a home invader. I suspect that he's in the house. Without permission. There's like nothing to suspect. What's like, that? He's in the fucking in your house. house. You have the right to do what you want with them. I think that should like, be the law. I, I mean, well, the at least fact... Like, if they're causing, like, yeah, like a threat, like, which you would just assume naturally. Yeah, that it's self-defense to me. Yeah. Absolute self-defense. I don't know if self-defense is a law in Australia or a... Or a um, it should just be a natural... Which, like, given absolutely. If someone broke into my house and I chose to identify them as the threat based on the kind of risk assessment that they were in there illegally and therefore a threat... I believe that I should have permission to, if I do, if I need to, use any force necessary to either detain them or remove them. And if they die in the process, well, maybe they should have thought of that before they entered my house illegally. Have Have you ever had someone break into your house? Yeah. While you were in it? No. Okay. You well, but you've had you've had a break in. It mm-hmm. it is a, a weird feeling you you can't you feel fearful of of your own you, house and don't feel safe in your own home exactly um that to I, me is enough of a threat to say yeah. if i was there with them i would be allowed to do whatever i deem necessary to remove them when when i was 10 or 11 years old we had a break in while um dad came to pick us up from school mm. came home and house was broken into um two or three days later 
um, we were at home, but there were no cars parked out the front. Uh, Dad was at work, but the, the rest of us were home. And this car pulled up in front of our house. Some guy got out, jumped our side fence and walked around our backyard to check our back door, which we just had fitted with a new security door. And we, we, I saw the car pull up, I looked through the blinds, I wrote down the license plate or um, whatever, and we literally, we went upstairs to the upstairs window and watched him walk around, check the back door, couldn't get in, he went back around, hopped in his car and left. That's horrifying. It's just, we reported the, we rang the police, reported the, the number plate, turns out it was a stolen car from Bowral. Right. Ever since that day, I have slept with a baseball bat under my bed. It's just horrific. It just, Again, like fr- friends of mine, friends of mine were um, all home, and their house was broken into overnight because their neighbors were, rent- were renovating. Yep. And someone jumped through the construction site over the fence, broke through the back door, and stole the computer right outside my friend's bedroom door. Shit. Like it's just like. In that situation, yeah, in that situation, you have every right to whatever you deem necessary, remove this threat from your own home, because you should always be able to feel safe in your own home. And if you don't, if someone is forcefully removing that peace from you or that peace of mind, you can do whatever you have to do. You feel really vulnerable. Yeah. The fact that the police have said they, they, or the homicide squad have, have suggested against charging... Mm. I think you're being a bit retarded there. The threat should not... It should be, is it worth charging this deceased man? Just because he's dead doesn't mean he can't be charged with something in but my eyes. That's not what the police do, though. If somebody's a threat, they will shoot. Yeah, so why is it not allowed like for the public? threat equals retaliation, like... Yeah, it's so self-defense. Again, just because this person's dead, they should be charged with being in someone else's house illegally, which is just completely ridiculous and outrageous and the fact that there's so much wishy-washy about whether that's the guilty part or whether the guy being killed is the guilty part is a joke it's ridiculous there shouldn't be this much of a question over it no at all i hate it stupid it is ridiculous Mm. anyway i think that's enough kind of Police yeah, and crime kind of chat for, for one day. People don't like the police. I get it now. It all makes yeah. sense. Yeah, what did you say? You said it was like you understand why. Not again. Not that you were in any sort of position of. No, yeah, I understand danger. why. You know, like black people fear for their lives when in the situation. Like because you just there's just like, the, it the makes people sense. Like you know, I mean, I don't, obviously for me, I, I didn't feel threatened for my life, but when it's a known thing that black people are, are a lot more likely to get you know, killed in that situation. Because you, you completely freeze up. Like, I didn't know why I was being pulled over. Like, the way they spoke to me, like, absolute shit because I didn't know what to do with this orange machine they just rammed in my face. Like, she was, like, clearly getting angrier and angrier. Like, you know, for somebody to be in that position where they're a lot more vulnerable in that situation, like, oh no, I'm not surprised people hate them. Like, horrible. Not enjoyable. Like, Sarah's first interaction with police in this country, and they've done a shit job. Like, I think that they're doing an awful job, if that's the case. Yeah, like, they want all this respect. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't get it by being an absolutely horrific mm. human being. You've like, not earned the respect. She now, I guess, not, not, I can't put words in your mouth, but 
Potentially, Sarah might not respect the police force in this country because the police force have proven that they are assholes and actually not there to serve and protect me, but instead to just be an angry, bitter person. Yeah, like, I have no issue driving. Like, on the way back from Bondi Junction, the whole way I was completely on edge and I felt so anxious and so nervous just to be driving because I was terrified of being pulled over again just because it's such a horrific ordeal. Like, like I didn't mm. do anything wrong. Mm. I wasn't driving badly. Like, but they made me feel like I'd just, you know, got through a red light and killed my pedestrian on the way. Like, No one should have any right to make you feel any less than you are. Mm. Exactly. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, And then they complain that people don't like them. Like, what... Makes no sense. Can't have your cake and need it too. Exactly. Is that the same? Like, earn that respect. Yeah, that's the same. Drew. Uh, Philip. You've seen Alita Battle Angel. Angel, yes. <laughs> what what word were you... That was a new one that time, so you... I was going to say Death Angel. You, you nearly said Death Angel the first time, but this time it was Battle... Uh, Scars. Uh, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> Alita. Battle Alita. Stars. Battle Angel. A little of what? A leader of what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny, wasn't it? It was clever of me. Yeah, it was better Alita. than mentioning. Better Alita. Than, yeah. Alita Cola. Yes, Alita. One large adult and Alita Cola. Alright, look, I just said <laughs> one large adult once, okay? I don't say it every time at the cinemas. That one once. time at band camp. <laughs> It happened once, okay? And again, same with Lita Cola. It just happened once. And we will never let you forget it. No, that's true. Never, ever. Every single Bam. time. And, and, and you, because you guys say it just before it's my turn, you know how you work out what you're going to say before you get up to the person? You're like yep. cycling through your, your, your script of what you're going to say. The fact that you guys say it just before I open my mouth means that I'm so close to accident, accidentally saying it every single time. We know. Oh, it's not fair. <laughs> it was great, though. You went bounding over. Bounding over. <laughs> Alita, Battle Angel. Alita, Cola, Battle Angel. I did not have Alita, Cola when I watched it. Thank oh. goodness. Anyway. How, how was it? It's really good. I was quite surprised. I expected a, a pretty average experience, but I thought maybe it'd look cool. Um, it, it does look really cool, but it's also interesting. The mm. story is interesting. I have a few little issues with with the the execution, but mm. I can overlook that. Um, overall, it, it's actually a pretty solid story, a pretty solid film. It's um, produced by James Cameron and the other guy that made Avatar. Uh, the, the guys John Landau. Yeah, so James Cameron has been wanting to make a movie of it for decades. He's been obsessed with the manga for years and years and years, and he always planned to direct it, but his his love for the Avatar films wound up ruling himself out of it. So he brought the project to Robert Rodriguez, who made Sin City and Spy Kids. And, yeah... <laughs> between the two of them they've made this awesome film so cameron produces it and also wrote the script which is kind of cool mm. and rodriguez directs it and it has christoph waltz in it it has christoph waltz in it and that's a bonus six points that's that's about the only real name person in the film oh no jennifer Connolly is in it as well but is. 
Uh, she was in Labyrinth with Bowie as a teenager. Okay. And has been in a few things over the years. Yeah. Um, no, look, it, I don't. I still don't know how to give a succinct plot synopsis. Basically, this this kind of cyborg thing is found in a scrapyard by Christoph Waltz's character, and he attaches her onto a, a human or onto, onto a robot body, um, the human part of her, and she has no memory of how she got in the scrapyard or anything, but she seems to have fighting abilities, and as the story progresses, you start to learn about her past as she starts to regain her memory and find her place in the new world, world because turns out she's, you know, um, she's from another age or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little convoluted if I try to sum it up quickly, but thankfully the movie explains it without over explaining it, it it makes sense it it takes its two hour runtime and tells the whole story over the time Mm. it it does the right thing it does the right thing it uses its time properly put it this way it it didn't open with you know three paragraphs of backstory and then you have to work it out from there it actually just sort of it, it just throws you in and you learn as she learns, which is interesting. Right. That's that's cool. That's that's an interesting interesting yeah run or, or, or interesting use of the the, the film time because normally it is or it is yeah you either get the backstory to start with or the backstory at the very end and it kind of completes a complete picture. But for this to actually just run through the entire thing, yeah, yeah. It's, it's set about five hundred and fifty years in the future and um. There's a neat little um, alteration to the 20th Century Fox logo as a result. Really, that's cool. Yeah, um, Fox don't don't often do cool stuff with their logo, but no. When this... was the when was the last one? I mean, they they did it for Sunshine. They had it turn off. Those are those are searchlight pictures, though. Um, the Peanuts movie had Schroeder playing the theme on piano. Bohemian Rhapsody had Brian May playing the theme on guitar. Um, the Simpsons the, movie. The had Simpsons Ralph. had Ralph. Um, every X Men film has had the letter X on Fox fade last. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't paid attention to that. They it's also the, had on have on every episode of Futurama. It says thirtieth century Fox. Yes. Well, get ready for twenty sixth century Fox. That's cool. Yeah, but it's yeah. It, it was very clever how it was done, but Is no. This- the, yeah, is yeah. this movie because it's by James Cameron or produced by James Cameron and the other guy? Is it supposed to um, hit the same sort of mark as what some of the other movies are? In what respect? As in Avatar, as meant, Avatar, as you kind of see what it is. Titanic, you kind of again see what it is. Terminator Two, you kind of see what it is. You know what I mean? Like they're big films. Yeah, yeah, I can see that they're reaching for that, but it hasn't been given the um, the care that those films were given. Not not by the filmmakers, by the the marketing people who've clearly not known how to how to sell this movie. Sure. Does this film does this film hit the same sort of mark as those big films? Uh, like not, from a watching not, it point of view, it has the spectacle. It just may lack the um, 
the connection to the audience. It doesn't lack the depth. The depth is there. It's just different. It's different. And you know what it is? Maybe it's because those stories are pretty simple in all those other films. So they're easy enough to to get your head around. I mean, Terminator has some deeper themes, but it's easy to get your head around the basic concept. Whereas the basic concept of this is not too basic. You, you actually need to learn and pay attention as you're watching it. Um, even like Titanic's straightforward. When he, mm. when he pitched it, he slammed the script on the desk of the Fox CEO and said, Romeo and Juliet on the Titanic. And that, and that is what it is. And Avatar is literally Pocahontas in Pocahontas space. Pocahontas, but blue. Yeah. 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 Even Someone once took, the, took a review of Pocahontas and, and swapped the names. Yeah. And it even, worked. Perfectly. Even the initials. Jake Sully is John Smith. Mm-hmm. They've gone to a new world, a new planet, looking for not gold, but unobtainium. They've met the locals and learned from the locals. And he falls in love with the chief's daughter. Interesting. Why did it take him eight years to make it? That or however long it was. Because of the he already animation. Already had a storyline. Just the technology. Just the easy part. Yeah, it's just the technology. Oh, Look, I, funny mm. thing with Alita. You know how she's got the big eyes, and it yes. looks really weird in the trailers. Like like that uncanny valley thing. Like it really looks weird in the trailer and really off-putting. Yeah. When you watch it in the film, it doesn't. It, like you, you notice it for about three seconds at the beginning, but because it's in the context of an entire movie, you're like, oh, okay, that's just who she is. And and the uncanny valley thing ends, and she does look genuinely human for the majority of the film. That's strange. That that- it's it's super weird. It didn't it didn't bother me the way it bothered me in the trailers. Also, the trailers are awful. They don't give you any true reflection of the film. At all. Okay, well, that's good. At least they haven't given anything away in the trailers. Yeah, well, nothing was given away. I actually thought the trailer was leaning toward something different happening in the movie, and then when I was like, oh, okay. Not at all what I expected, but cool. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, and you got some cool glasses. I did. So uh, I went to a 3D screening because, like uh, Avatar, it was shot in the format very intentionally. So is it using was it was it used in the set was it filmed in the same way with the kind of holding up that screen and and all mocap? Yeah, so she's in motion capture for the well, yeah, the whole movie. And is the world mocap like all just blue screen, like Avatar, or is it not? some some of it? They built a lot of very real sets, though. The whole movie was shot in Texas, and nice. you you can see where they've they've built the street level stuff that that's all real or, or at least a lot of it is real and that helps give it a, a realistic feel it, it actually like it felt like terminator 2 where where it's in that real environment cool that's good but but you know there's a ridiculous amount of green screen in there as well yeah it's like every movie nowadays but yeah um, but so, but yeah yeah it was shot with the 3d cameras and the 3d system ran it, it, it looked like avatar did in okay. terms of the 3D level. So I was happy with that. Anyway, um, I needed glasses. So every you know everything's automated now. Like I bought my ticket online and then I have to go scan my phone and the printer automatically prints my ticket at the box office. You don't need a human anymore. Mm-hmm. 
but I need a human to get my glasses. So I've gone over to the cafe because there was no one working anywhere else in there and I asked for the glasses. And the guy goes, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get you some, come around to the, come around to the candy bar. And th there's a big box behind the counter filled with all these packs of, you know, the plastic pack of 3D glasses. He's rummaging through the box for a minute and he just hands me a black case, like glasses case. I thought it was a bit odd, but I was like, okay, whatever. Took him, walked off to the cinema, sat down, opened them up, and I have a pair of 3D aviators. Which is fantastic. I love that so much. It's weird. I, it's wonderful, but it's weird. Did you feel really strange in the cinema watching it? Wearing 3D aviators? Yeah. Uh, I think it felt strange because I was wearing them over the top of my normal glasses. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so I've got my Converse and then my Aviators. And just, it I love a little that. bit I, of a weird I, clash. I haven't been to a 3D movie in ages, but I really want those 3D Aviators. They're really cool. I have to look online. Uh, Kogan used to sell them once upon a time. Oh, okay. I'll have a look yeah. into it. Um, or, just, or just go to Event Cinemas Castle Hill and try your luck. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway... Drew, anyway. I think it's time we get to that very special segment of ours. I think so, too. Yes, uh, of course, if you'd like to be on the show, make sure you reach out to us on the Facebook page, Instagram page, or SoundCloud, uh, or leave us a, a review on um, iTunes as well. That'd be nice. Or carry a pigeon. Or carry a pigeon. Send a raven. A raven. Start raven our way, get it? <laughs> our post. Yeah, anyway, um, or just come up to us in person and, and tell us, <laughs> or message us directly. Um, just don't break into our houses no please don't do that uh, of course if you're on the show you're very 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 likely unless you've won it before and I don't know if Sarah Moon's won it or not this is really frustrating to receive the award of second of the week this is why we need to write it down I was in the process of it and I gave up well if you did you didn't tell me because Sarah Moon's a guest on the show and I'm not <laughs> sure if she's won it or not this week's sick end of the week is Sarah Moon oh what Woo! Thank you guys. Yeah, congratulations. congratulations. I feel like I am that. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big club. <laughs> well, after the day you've had, it, so. it needed to end on a high note for you. Yeah, you've done well. I feel like my day is like I'm going to think about that now. It, it's returned to uh, not just nonchalant. <laughs> it's, returned, it's returned to mediocre. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's this week's sick, sick end of the week. Uh, I don't have much else to add, Drew. No, I think I think it's been a it's been a full rich week mm. that we've full not talked rich, about. <laughs> full rich. No, exactly. We just talked about three things. Um, some of the events in which happened today or yesterday, being um, Wednesday, being our usual after midnight was. business. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, that was episode twenty or oh, twenty episode seventy six. <laughs> episode twenty something of the good episodes. 20-something good episodes, uh, 76 of all of them. Thank Indeed. you very much, Sarah Moon, for being on the show. Yes, thank, thank you, Sarah. You guys. No worries. Thank you, Mr. Drew, for being on the show. Thank you, Mr. Phil. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah.
Yeah. 